family and working crazy hours, like some of you blokes. And uh, I was actually heading out to the gym. Thank you very much. And uh, that's impressive, isn't it? I was heading out to the gym. I told my wife I'm going to go to the gym. I had my gym clothes on. I had my shoes on. I got my bottle of water. I got my sweat towel. And I got in the car and drove out of the driveway. And I couldn't get out of our street. The police had blocked off uh, with their police tape either end of our street. And there was a, uh, there was a, a lot of police cars at the end of uh, our street. So we live in like a, you know, a passing through street. You can get out either way. But we c I couldn't get out at all. And uh, the guy across the road came over and told me what was going on. There's a, a bomb threat and they were evacuating the area. And uh, there's a, a black car at the end of our street that had a bomb in it. And the uh, bomb squad were coming. And uh, I raced. Oh, I've never run so fast. I tore inside a house. I yelled out to my wife. I said, put your bra on. Grab Reggie. I'm locking the windows. We're out of here. And she's like, because I knew, you know, uh, she was relaxed, you know. <laughs> she didn't even ask why. She jumped out of the couch and grabbed the dog and put her underwear on. And as we're tearing out the front door of the house, I said, we've just been told to evacuate the area. There's a, there's a, a bomb or a potential bomb in the car at the end of the street, and the police are dealing with it right now. So we had the guy over the road lift the tape so we get our car out. We just took off and then rang the police station to find out what's going on, you know, because no one had actually come knocking our door at that point. I'm like, I'm dude, I'm out of here, you know, and he said, yes, you did the right thing, it's good to be out of there, and so they dropped me at the gym, and they went on to have a cup of tea with my daughter, and we found out later, it was a uh, cracker, firecracker in his car, <laughs> it was a bit of a letdown, you know, I did twice the workout that night too, but imagine the, the amount of adrenaline rush that comes, you know, I put all my weights up by about four kilograms, and today is Saturday, right? I can still, I'm still hurting from Wednesday. Like, it hurts. I just took my, uh, you know, anyway, you know what it's like. You just whack the weights on and go, what was I thinking? But it's good. It's, uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, so he had a few other things there, like fake currency and drugs and, you know, things that looked like bombs but weren't. Uh, so, um, <coughs> I uh, bring a greeting from my wife. She says, hi, I think I've got a picture here that'll work. Pictures paint a thousand words. And we've been married now for 33 years this year. And can I say, happily married for about 23 of those 33 years. That's the truth. The first 10 years were like hell, really. Really it was. And uh, it wasn't her, it was me. But I thought it was her. Because after 10 years, I was going to, um, to another pastor to get come back and pray for my, wi my wife and cast the devil out of her. He said, what's the matter with her? I said, I don't know. I just can't do anything right. I try everything. I, I love her, and uh, uh, she just, she's upset, and she's screaming all the time. I, th I said, I think she's got a devil. Would you come back and fix her up? Because she had told me that day that as I was going to Africa the following Monday, and this was a Friday, she said, when you come back from Africa, the three kids and I will be gone, will be left. This is it. We're not coming back. And uh, that kind of got my attention. That's why I'm at this other pastor's house saying, can you come and cast the devil out? And he said, really? He said, the only devil that your wife's got is you. Shall I cast you out? So uh, he spent the next three hours just tearing shreds off me, telling me what I really should do and what I shouldn't do, and that I didn't 
See, here's the thing. He said, do you love your wife? And I said, yes, of course, of course. And uh, he said, but here's the problem. You don't know how to love her the way that she needs to be loved. You can say it. And my wife had been saying that after 10 years of marriage. She'd been saying, don't tell me, show me. See, uh, the, the women in our family, they like to be told, but even more than that, they like to be shown. And we use a saying in Australia that, that says, actions speak louder than words, don't we? But we don't really believe that. We, if we think we say it, that's we've done our bit, but they need the actions to back up that. So if I was to ask any of you right now, what's your wife's top two love languages? Out of the five that we're aware of, you might be aware of more, but out of the five that we're aware of, what's your wife's top two love languages? Who could stand up and tell me that right now without even thinking? Can you stand up, sir? What's your name? What's her two primary love languages? Uh, Words of affirmation and uh, works of service. Yeah, acts of service. Very good. Round of applause, please. I'm impressed. Anyone else? We can name the top two that, that she responds to. Over here with the glasses. Stand up. What's your name? Uh, yeah, Harry. Very good. Um, acts of service and words of encouragement. Round of applause, please. He knows. <laughs> you've, you've done well, you pastors. You've taught on this. Hey, You've got these guys educated really good. If you don't know as a husband, and especially if you're married for 10 years or more, shame on you. We're going we're gonna to understand their language. You, you know, uh, my son Jordan, uh, we raised him in Australia. They now live, uh, let me show you Jordan and Paula. They now live in uh, Norway. And uh, Paula is Polish, and she speaks another language. <laughs> uh, Jordan speaks English, Australian English, and she speaks Polish, and her family migrated to Norway several years ago, and so she also speaks Norwegian and English, of course. When two people come together, it's like that. It's like we're worlds apart, and we're going to learn each other's languages. One pastor told me an ideal one time. He says, find, you know, he's talking to the young guys in the band like Frosty, you know, Frosty. He's saying, uh, you got to find yourself a wife that has the same love language. That's, uh, that's like a fantasy. You know, that's like, well, good on you, mate, if you can find that. Like, typically, God brings us together and we're opposites, you know. Uh, uh, my wife's primary love languages are acts of service and quality time. And guess what I do? I travel. <laughs> Hang on a second. Acts of service. What am I going to do when I'm away? And quality time, what am I going to do when I'm away? So understanding that as a husband, as a good husband, this is not even the sermon, by the way. This is not even the message, but I'm just going there. We're all right with this? Okay. Um, as a good husband, I understand that if I'm going to be away for a period of time, even like this, I'm, I left yesterday, and I'm up here for a week in this area, in Rockhampton this week, and then Yapoon at the end of the week, and return next Monday. What am I going to do when I'm going to be going home? I'm not just going to be going home to look for sex. I'm going to be actually spending time with her, giving her the love language that she needs. Quality time, acts of service. She loves it when I do stuff around the house. Like, it's like, it's, you know, vacuuming the floor, that's a winner. Helping to cook dinner, like actually cooking something in the kitchen, my goodness, you're up for a good date right there. Um, mowing the yard, pulling out the weeds, keeping the place looking tidy. She, she actually takes those things really seriously and, and 
treats it as, as a demonstration of my love to her. And uh, when I bring home gifts, she hates it. I spend money on these gifts, and she gets angry. What? You wasted our money? <laughs> because guess what my love of languages are? Yeah? Words of affirmation and gifts. So what do we do? We naturally give the one that we are. Because that's how we would feel loved, wouldn't we? Come on, guys. And, and life, life and relationships is just one major sacrifice of putting down what you want and being aware of what the other person wants. And same for your children, knowing what their primary love languages are and meet as dads meeting those love languages. I, I've got three daughters, two sons, and I'm really, really proud of them all. And is that all right we just talk about family tonight because most of us are involved in a family of some sort. And uh, I've shared about my family many times here uh, briefly on a Sunday morning. But on the uh, front seat on the left is with the blonde hair is my daughter Melody. She's our eldest and her husband Dave. Um, they have four of the grandchildren and uh, they're uh, service pastors with Pastor Mark and Darling Check in our local church. And uh, Desma, uh, Melody is much like Desma. She likes, uh, she likes quality time, but she, she doesn't like acts of service. She likes gifts. So when I'm on a trip, she's the one you bring the gifts back for. What? You didn't bring anything back? Dad, like, don't you love me? Is anyone here? So be aware of your family. Don't treat them all the same. Be aware of what they like and what they need and what they respond to and how they feel loved by you. You can say, I love you. I thank God for this This pastor who sat me down and was honest with me i as a as a younger man i needed someone to be brutally honest he actually you know what he called me he called me a damn idiot damn being an acronym for dumb aussie male idiot i thought he's swearing first of all you know he says no it's an acronym and and he says you're just like all those other australians out there that don't know how to love their wives and love their families because you're just giving the love the way that you would like it uh, behind Melody in the back left is my daughter Brie, and she is 29, and she's just finished her double degree in music and teaching, and she lectures at Hillsong College. Now she's going for a master's to become a university-level lecturer and teacher. Um, and she's highly, highly musical, and, and she just loves quality time, you know, just hanging out and, and being there and, uh, and enjoys acts of service as well. Now, uh, beside her is Ashley and Stephen. Ashley and Stephen are, are actual uh, brother and sister, but we adopted them when they were 11 and they were 9. And again, it was on my wife's heart uh, back in those early earlier years of marriage to adopt another child. And I'm thinking, woman, you're crazy. I didn't say this to her, but I'm just thinking, you, what, what's wrong with you? You know, at, at that time we had Melody, Bree, and Jordan, as our natural children, and I said, "That's you're just crazy. We've we've got we've got already a lot of things going on right here, and we can't possibly take on more. We don't have the money. We don't have a big enough car. We had a, a Holden Commodore, you know, like five seater car. Like, how are we going to fit all these kids in? And and anyway, um, and anyway, I I was standing next to my wife one day in church, and she said, uh, she was actually crying in the middle of the worship service, and she said, I can't get it off my heart. We have to we have to adopt a child, and and we'd made some inquiries about it. I said, okay, let's go down and uh, we, should, we should sort the paperwork out. And, and, um, and then she turned to me and said, no, don't feel to do it. No, don't feel to do it now. 
a woman's prerogative to change her mind. Your, your wife's privilege is to change her mind as many times as she likes. Uh, and we found out why, because here's the story. Literally within weeks, these two children, their mother died. She was a, she was a single mother in our church. And we, the, co- the next of kin was the grandmother. We, we talked to her and our senior pastors said, we're going to adopt these children. It's, I found the blessing of God for that one little thing. Jesus said, when you do it for the least of these, you do it for me. And, and what I learned from that is that there's greater capacity inside all of us than what we realize. You've got more inside of you right now than what you allow to even think or dream of right now. Isn't that what the Word of God says? He's done, he's done a work, you know, He will do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or already think according to His power that works in us. And, and it was the impossible thing. So we ended up with a, a van. So you can't no longer have a five-seater passenger car. You've got a van or a, or a four-wheel drive or something. And uh, then we ended up with a bigger house. And I found that with all children comes provision. God just, he just, he just makes a way. Every time you have a child or adopt a child, he just, with that, comes supernatural provision and blessing and favor. You know, when Ashley and Stephen joined our family, we didn't say, okay, you guys have the leftovers. Uh, when mom cooks dinner, we'll eat, and then when we're finished, you can have the scraps. No, they sat down at the table, they banged their fist on the table, said, what's for dinner, mom? They're part of the family. Come on, you're part of God's family. You're, you're included. Don't, don't put yourself down. You sit at the same table with Jesus. The Bible says you're a joint heir with Jesus. So live like it. Act like it. And we didn't say to Ashley and Stephen, okay, you guys can, we, we need, we'll get a little tin shed at the back, and we can put a bit of, you know, something down the floor there. You can, you can sleep there. No, they got their own bedrooms and a comfortable bed and slept in, our, in the Father's house. God's created a place for you. He's created a place for your family and your children, your children's children. Uh, and so really, the theme of tonight um, is, uh, and I'm not going to go into a big, heavy sermon, so just relax, all right? This is just having fun here tonight. It's really all about legacy and, and our heritage. And I want you to think and ask God tonight, let's, let's ask God, what is the heritage that we're leaving behind? What is the legacy that, that God's put on our heart to, to leave for our children? What will outlive us? What is it that, you know, I just look at life and the older you get, I don't know if you think this way too, but the older you get, just go, wow, one day it's just going to be a piece of stone with a bit of writing on it. So, so-and-so lived from 1964 to da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and he was a great dad and a wonderful father. Like, what does it all really amount to? And uh, this is not just a physical kingdom, this is a spiritual kingdom when we're talking about family and children and legacy and heritage. We live in a house, the Central Coast, that is heritage listed. And it's nice. We bought it because we liked it. It was special. It was unique. Um, we probably didn't think it was that special. But uh, anyway, they decided they wanted to heritage list it at, at about 70 or 80 years of age. Um, but how do we leave our children an inherit- a heritage, not just an inheritance? Anyone here today? So it's not just about dollar value, not just about, okay, we build up all this equity and we got these homes or we got these investments or we got this thing working. But what is the heritage you're leaving, not just the inheritance? A legacy is what someone leaves behind for future generation. Mozart's legacy was his music. Da Vinci's legacy was his art. What will your legacy be? You see, what we do today determines our legacy tomorrow. 
the choices you made today were, are going to determine the legacy that is left behind you when you go. The choices you make tomorrow and next year will determine that. There's a couple I want to speak about, Jonathan and Sarah Edwards, back in the early 1700s, an actual couple. Uh, they they were, weren't that wealthy, uh, but they actually chose to follow God's call in the 1700s. And uh, their, their family, you see, the Bible says your children's children will be blessed. Your, your, that's your inheritance for, for decades to come. And when your children make that choice, as my children have, their children's children will also be blessed and have that inheritance and that legacy. Look at the legacy of Jonathan and Sarah Edwards here. I want you to look at this. We're going to read through the list. This is quite impressive. When you can think about, maybe God, if I make right choices today, you could do this through me. Look at this. There, in the family line, the, the, there was 100 lawyers and a dean of a law school, 80 holders of public office, 66 physicians and a dean of a medical school, 65 professors of colleges and universities, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, three mayors of large cities, three governors of states, three United States senators, one controller of the United States Treasury, and one vice president of the United States. Because one couple back in the early 1700s says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What are you deciding today? As for me and my house, uh, We'll just watch telly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, you can watch telly. Nothing wrong with watching telly. But what, what are you leaving for your children and your children's children? So a godly heritage, the fear of the, the Bible says, fear God and obey Him. And fear is not like a negative thing, but it's a respect. You teach your children, you teach your family and your children's children a fear of God by how you honor and respect and have a real relationship with God. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. I want to declare tonight that you're going to hear about the Ironsides for years and years and decades and centuries to come if the Lord prevails that long. What will they say about your family and your family name? What will they be doing in decades and centuries from now? Psalm 119, I, I love that line. You, we should all say that together. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. Come on, say that. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. I want you to say my descendants. My descendants will be mighty on the earth. Wouldn't you like that? I mean, has anyone ever wished that their kids would be poor and sick and unhealthy? And, and, and just struggling. None of us want to see that for our kids, do we? But we want to see our descendants mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, For I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. So is this whole thing about God and relationship with God just a chore, just like I guess we've got to go to church on Sunday to, you know, to keep up a good appearance, and I guess we should do it, you know. You know what? Yes, you should do it for the kids' sake, for the sake of the generations that will follow you. Be diligent in your attendance to church. Be diligent in your tithes and offerings. Be diligent in your attitude towards the Lord, for, for you are the joy of my heart. Number two, godly heritage. Um, to have this godly heritage, we need to recognize the world's need around us and respond to them with compassion and action. See, what will outlive you is not how much money you make every week or how much you manage to save 
and, and pass on by way of inheritance. But really what outlives you is your response to the world's needs around you. You know what will outlive us? Is our simple response to Ashley and Stephen's mother dying. And we're saying, hey, we want to adopt these children. We want to be the answer. We want to actually make a difference in their lives. And now Ashley is 27. Stephen's 26. Now she's 28. He's 26. Uh, Matthew 4, 19. Sorry, Matthew, I missed this one here. Matthew 9, 36. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus felt compassion for them. See, uh, compassion is not just a feeling. Compassion is an action. Make sure you're doing something for people around you. Make a difference in your street. Make a difference in your community. If the person beside you has got really long grass, why don't you mow part of it for them? It's kind of rubbing it in a little bit, but, you know, uh, mow the whole thing if you can, if you've got enough time. <clears throat> Matthew 14, Matthew 4:19. Follow me, and I will show you how to be fishers of men. Number three, a godly heritage is demonstrated by this. Put God first as a couple. Pray that God will enlarge and accomplish all His purposes in your life. Be a couple that prays together. Uh, if you're not, you know, if you don't think you're an eloquent prayer, one thing that will really bless your wife and your children at any time is just say, "Hey, stop. We're going to pray." Times of trouble, times of difficulty, around the meal table, before you go to bed. My wife loves it when we just pray when we go to bed. We pray for all of our children, our grandchildren, and she's like adding her bits in as well. And, you know, and Lord, do so and such and such in so and so's life. And um, pray that God will enlarge you to be his capacity. That prayer of Jabez, you've heard it before in 1 Chronicles 4. It says, Jabez prayed, Oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border. <laughs> Does anybody want their border to become smaller? Does anybody want their, their, their yard to become smaller and their house to become smaller? I mean, I know we downsize typically as we get older. My wife and I sold our house in Sydney a few years ago because all the kids are left home. So we, we had a five-bedroom house. We downsized into this house at the Central Coast. It's seven bedrooms, six bathrooms. <laughs> That's downsizing. But actually downsizing in the right way because we, we live in three bedrooms of it, which is closed off to the rest, and we rent the, rent the rest out, and the people who rent from us actually pay our mortgage, so yes, it is downsizing, uh, just in a different way. Number four, a godly heritage. Help your mate be a better steward of their gifts and abilities. Like, what is, what is your spouse good at? What are the things that are on her heart? What are, what are the things, what are the abilities? Don't just be about your abilities, but how can you enhance and release those? 1 Timothy 5.8 says, for if anyone provide not for his own, and especially for those of his house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Ooh, what a verse. Like, I don't kind of want to read that one out all the time. But, you know, that's the responsibility we have, men. You know, our shoulders were designed to carry weight. You were designed to carry the weight of provision for your house. And I've got nothing against uh, ladies going out to work and wives having a job, they can have five jobs if they want to. But I consider it my responsibility to share the, to carry the weight of looking after my family. And everything else that comes in on top of that, that's just a supernatural blessing and we enjoy that. Is anyone still friends with me tonight? <laughs> Thomas Carlyle said this, conviction is worthless until you can convert itself into daily conduct. Not enough just to have a conviction, but what are you doing on a daily basis to provide for your family? And I know it's, it's tough times around our nation, and I know that, uh, you know, there's the, the, the mines, everything's changing, and the gas, and the prices of, 
of uh, aluminium, the price of gas, the price of oil, like it's it's uh, all-time low. In fact, it was very clearly predicted back in 2008, 2009 that we would have a deflation. You know what follows a, a massive deflation, don't you? Uh, an incredible inflation, even hyperinflation maybe. And uh, I'm not, again, prophesying that as a bad thing, and hopefully our governments have wisdom to uh, to to control this, not let it get out of control. But I'd say let's just be good stewards, hey? Let's be good stewards of what God's given us and make every single day count. This morning I was teaching to the pastors and the leaders up in Rockhampton about our mornings. Our mornings are the most powerful part of the day, and sometimes we miss it. And I know for many years of my life, I would just get out of bed just in enough time to whatever it has to do, have a shower, have breakfast, and get to that appointment or whatever it was that particular day. And, you know, there's something about a life that you decide, I'm going to make mornings count. It's been proven that what you do be until 8 o'clock in the morning uh, it actually affects the productivity of the rest of the day. So I know you got a lot of you guys are shift workers. It doesn't relate to everybody. You, some of you start at crazy hours and finish at crazy hours. But, you know, the Bible says over and over, early will I seek you. Early, like it's, it's, and a lazy man stays in bed. Be a diligent man. Be a, be a man of God that has strength and conviction and takes daily action about doing things. And you're not going under. Refuse to let your family go under financially. Come on. Rise up on the inside. There must be a way. There must be answers. There must be a breakthrough here. How can we, how can we modify our spending even so we don't go under? Number five, a godly heritage. Pass it on to your children and your grandchildren through words and actions. I appreciate that about my father. I didn't meet my grandfather on, on his side, uh, but I know that my father doesn't just speak with his words and say he's a godly man, and doesn't just proclaim the kingdom of God, but lives it through his daily actions. Thank God for that. We actually teach our families more by example than just by our words. You know that. So, so be a man who's up early praying. You might only pray for 10 minutes, but pray like crazy. Make it passionate. Make it, a, make, it, make it really effective. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And, and then pray over your wife before you leave for work in the mornings. Psalm 127, 3 to 5. Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord. I love this. This is one of my favorite Psalms. Psalm 127, uh, the rest of it. The, the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is a man who has a quiver full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Um, I just, you know, my only regret now, I do have some regrets, uh, is that we should have had more children. Should have had more kids. Like, come on, let's fill this, let's populate this world with godly people. I'm, I'm looking at my, because you don't know how your kid's going to turn out, and some of them are ratty, and some of them are strong-willed, and some are just, you know, mellow. But I'm so proud of my kids now, the impact they're having in the world and the difference they're making. I just wish I had more of them. So if you're young, yeah, and still got the bits in the right places and things going on, come on, fill the house. <laughs> Get a really big quiver full, <laughs> says the Lord. <laughs> Deuteronomy, <laughs> we, just, we just have fun practicing still. I, I want to tell you something. At 51, it's getting better. Like, it's getting better. Like, we're having the best sex I've ever had in my life. I was asking the Lord the other day, what's up with this woman? She's just, wow. 
thank you, Lord, for this woman that you've given me. I just can't keep up with her. I, I tell you why. I'll let you know a little secret. This has been very vulnerable. I, in the last, uh, I've been to a holistic doctor in the last 18 months, and he's been analyzing all of our blood a little bit deeper than what the average doctor does. In fact, a lot deeper. And one of the things he found out was my testosterone levels were that of a, a 70-year-old, 75-year-old. And, uh, and my wife is with me at the appointment saying, oh, that's what's wrong with him. <laughs> He said, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix it, not with drugs, but with natural things. And my, my goodness, it works too. He's got me on this natural stuff. And he's just like, honey, it's working. Come on, let's get on with this. And uh, uh, I'm almost keeping up with her now. Deuteronomy 6, that was such a distraction. I think it's called ADHD. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And with all of your might, come on, man, we're strong. You know what? I'm stronger now at 51 than what I was at 40. I'm stronger now at 51 than I was at 30. Physically stronger. Because he's he sent us to the gym. He said, I'm not going to give you these natural things just only because you'll grow boobs. He, he said, you, these, take these natural products, but you also must work out and cut out all these carbs because you'll just be a fat, you know. Uh, and so, man, I am stronger. I'm, I'm, I just... I'm just looking for the next 12 months, the next two years, the next five years, because I'm just getting stronger by the day. Like, it's just working. Um, sorry, distracted. You shall love the Lord your God. I saw the word might. See, come on, man, we're strong. You love the Lord God, God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. This is us. You want to you actually get a pen or get your phone out and write that scripture down and just read it for the next week every morning. Just like, God, let this be me. Let this, this is me. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And you can turn it into your own confession. I love the Lord God with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my might, my strength. These words in the Word of God, which He commands me today, will be on my heart. It will, it will, you will teach them diligently to our sons and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Good man. See, that's smart. That's intelligence right there. This is a good word. As someone once said, our children are messengers we send to a time that we will not see. Think about that. Your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children are messengers sent into a time that we will not see. Uh, have your have your heart at home. It's it's one thing to uh, it's one thing to go to work and bring home the bacon, as we call it. But when you're home, learn to be there. Learn to be really present in your home and your house. And one of the greatest things I did for my son Jordan, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was endeavouring to be a good dad. And and Jordan still to this day, Jordan is he turned 29 on on Thursday, and. Uh, this, this bloke here with the, the beard, uh, living in Norway, and we, we're in touch. Thank God for technology. FaceTime's like, bam, we're just in, we're in touch, and we can see him straight away. Um, when Jordan was four, 
he couldn't he couldn't speak and you have a four-year-old that's not actually putting hardly a word together let alone a phrase or a sentence you take him to the specialist and say what's up so through testing they said your son has auditory processing disorder and we're like what's that you know um, and it's probably a bit more commonly used term now but at the time uh 25 years ago I was like well what's that you know he said well it's on this it's on the scale of autism uh autism's over here and auditory processing disorders over here so your son can hear okay but your your son has trouble processing all that information uh like normal children will and he'll need speech therapy for a big part of his life and they said as a four-year-old they said he won't ride a bike he won't be able to go to normal school if he goes to special school um, he probably uh, he probably won't be able to hold down a regular job, and he won't be able to get married. And we, as parents, decided we're not going to accept the doctor's report. We're going to believe a better report, and that uh, God's health and God's presence and God's healing can be upon our child. And we we laid hands upon Jordan from the age of four, and every night we'd pray over him, and we'd, we'd ask God to strengthen these um, cells in his brain from one side to the, the, the left to the right, that, that God would actually cause a creative miracle to happen in his brain every single night. We prayed for a, a godly woman to be raised up that would stand beside Jordan, that, that could understand him and, and they could cooperate together. We were not going to accept that he couldn't be married and move on with life. So Jordan not only finished high school with flying colors, he's held down a job at Hillsong Church for five years. He's now in business for himself as a video editor in Norway. And he's been married for three, four years. They're expecting their second child now. Uh, he rode a bike. He owned a motorbike. He did all the things he said he, that they that said he won't do. So you can believe a doctor's report or you can believe God's report on behalf of your children. And, and, and speak the life and health of God. And, and Levi, his son, is the smartest, intelligent, I'm telling you, kid I've ever met in my life. And we've got audio still coming from the laptop, haven't we? And uh, I showed you last time I was in church here. Levi can speak three languages as he learns to preach at the age of two. Check this out. Turn it up. So you got the amen bit, hey? So I'm just, I'm just looking at my family and I think that's a miracle. That's an amazing miracle. That God, that you would, you would allow us to walk with you and serve you and that you'd be the heel of our bodies. You'd be the one who protects us and guides us and leads us and provides for us. And times where, where we've walked up the main street of town with $36.50 in our pocket to pay the mortgage that week because we're running out of money. We've just got all you know, your pockets bulging with coins. It's like, here's the provider. He's a, God is amazing. And I tell you, there's no greater life than to totally surrender your heart to God and live for Him. Can we pray? Thank you, Father. Father, we just come before you today, tonight as men, uh, in humility, and we, we've got warts, we've got mistakes, we've got problems, we've got things that we need to fix up. But Father, we thank you, Lord, you see us as men of God, men of strength, men of honor, men of might. And Lord, 
whatever battle it is that we're facing right now, it could be in our marriage, it could be financially, it could be socially, it could be with our children. Father, I thank you that you're the healer, you're the provider, you're the answer. And tonight we take this moment to turn our hearts back towards you. We put our attention on you, say, God, lead us and guide us. Give us wisdom. Times where we feel weak, Lord, make us strong. Let, let your joy be our strength, Father. Let, let's step back into that joy that you've given us. Father, I pray for each of the men here and each of the families represented here. I pray, I pray for abundant provision because, God, you are truly the provider. You are our ultimate supplier. And I just thank you, Lord, for overwhelming provision. I thank you, Lord, for safety over our families. I thank you, Lord, for protection and angels and ministering spirits around our wives and, and our children as they go about their daily activities. Thank you, Lord, for your safety over us. Thank you for your wisdom, Lord, how we speak to our children, how we relate to our wives, how we love our wives. Father, give us great wisdom and understanding in the name of Jesus. Father, as we walk with you, that we'd be a great example to our families, that our children's children's children would stand in the courts of God saying, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and in his holy, in his holy nation. Thank you for that legacy, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for more than just an inheritance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it will go on and on and on in the name of Jesus. Let that heritage be real. Thank you, Father. Just while your eyes are closed, I just want to ask, does anyone here want to respond to Christ tonight? You might be a visitor. You might be a regular attender of this church, but you're not in a place where your heart is completely surrendered to God. And you just want to commit your life to God tonight. So in this moment of respect, and I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out the front, I just want to ask, does anyone want to commit their life to the Lord uh, and say, I want to be saved? I want to, re I want to be restored back into relationship with God. Just slip your hand up right now without any hesitation. Just lift it up to say, pray for me. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that's not in that place of relationship that's real with you, that we would not walk out these doors tonight and go and live our life in a void of relationship with you. So, Lord, we pray for the men of this community. We pray for this city. We, we pray for those that don't know you. Thank you, Lord, you're drawing men and women to yourself. Lord, in the coming months, the coming weeks, and the coming years, people are going to be saved in this town, this city. It's going to be restored into relationship with you. We thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, I'm going to hand back to Pastor James here. We've got some great resources down the back. And they're not merchandise. People say, oh, you've got the merch table set up. I refuse to call it merch because I wouldn't even bother doing it. Unless it's a resource that I believe will help you and enhance your life and give you encouragement uh, and music that just, you know, brings healing to your family, uh, I, I wouldn't bother with it. it is, life is too short to, to mess around with stuff. Um, we've just been on tour in America, and as we're talking about, Frosty came with us, and we released this album. So this is like the first release of this in Australia. We're in uh, Townsville and... Um, Charters Towers and Air last weekend. So this is, this is the second place in Australia this has been released uh, this, this year. A Worship Encounter 3. And this is album number 47. And honestly, without being 
arrogant or bragging. It's the best. It is the absolute best that the Lord's allowed us to produce. Who would like a free copy of this? Right here, the yellow. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> it's, it's also on USB, and the flexibility of USB is to put the full album on here. Uh, as you know, CDs only go for 78 minutes maximum length. The, uh, the worship account goes for 90 minutes. So the full version is on here, plus some extra remixes, some really hot uh, contemporary remixes and video clips um, and, and two other versions of the album. Who would like a USB version of the same? <laughs> Who's like, is it you? I almost gave it to the gentleman right in front of me, but I was like, yes, please, I like that. I like that. Um, so uh, we put together this, this has just come out this year as well, this series on relationships. And the first disc is called Becoming the Man of Her Dreams. And the second disc is Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. I had, uh, I had guys asking me to speak to the ladies. So I was at a ladies' conference, right? And like, it was scary. Um, <laughs> my wife was with me. That was, that was one of the great comforts that she was there in the front row as I shared this message to ladies what their husbands would like to say to them but are not game to. <laughs> and so very tenderly and lovingly and kindly, I, I shared with the ladies that, you know, us guys, our first need is not sex, it's respect. Some of you horny blokes might say, no, 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 it's sex. <laughs> but listen... If a man doesn't feel respected, he's not interested in sex. When you feel disrespected from your wife or your children or those around you, you can't even function sexually. Let's be honest. And uh, so we kind of go into that a little bit with the ladies. Uh, and, and because we need to be respected at home and in public. There's nothing more humiliating for a man than have his wife pull him down in public. Agreed? And... Uh, uh, so, we kind of go there. It's a bit, it's a bit tough. We kind of go there. So, we go there with the men and it gives some really uh, solid uh, relationship tips of what not to do. <laughs> Sometimes when you learn what not to do, you get there. And, and also for the ladies. So, um, you're allowed to take the set home and say, honey, I'm going to listen to both of these. Would you like to listen to the second one with me? <laughs> and she said, only if you let me listen to the first one with you. Um, then another series here uh, on prayer, praise, and presence, understanding how praise and prayer and the presence of God all work together. Uh, another one here that's just come out at the beginning of this year, Freedom from Slave Drivers. I taught, I preached this message in America on the trip. I don't, I'm, it's like, it's, it's not my favorite sermon, but God just moved on it. Like, there was an incredible move of God in this particular church, and uh, so we wanted to make it available and release it. And if you're a, a man that hasn't heard this teaching on the seasons, the different seasons of our life, it's a very helpful teaching. When I discovered the Hebrew words that actually cover all the seasons of our life from 0 to 14, from 15 to 39, from, 40, uh, from, from 40 to 50, and 50 to 60, and 60 and over, each of those have a different Hebrew word and a different meaning. When I discovered that, I sat my children down and said, this is the season you're in, and this is the season you're going to come into. And I just wish someone had to show me this uh, and taught me this when I was in my 20s and 30s. It's very, very, it's gold. That's probably actually the most popular uh, preaching series we've ever released. And that's there to help you guys. I, you know, I don't need you to buy it. It's just, it's there to help you if it can actually bring life and truth to your family and your home. Um, I, listen to, I listen to a lot of preaching. I listen to a lot of audio books and teaching and podcasts, like constantly. I just want to, uh, 
I want to learn. I want to grow. Is anyone like that? You want to be fed. You want to you carry something. You want to bring. I'm, I'm, I'm actually listening to a, a podcast, uh, no, a teaching at the moment. This, this will encourage you. Um, sorry, I meant to hand back to you. Uh, this one here, this one um, this is how, how conversation works. So it's, uh, it's like uh, three hours of teaching on how to make great conversation. And for the first time, I'm understanding what my wife was talking about when, she's, when she says, you know, how it's difficult to carry a conversation sometimes with me when my head's, you know, out there somewhere. And uh, I'm learning that in our cultures, men don't carry the weight like we should do in conversations, and we can do. It's not gender-based, but we, it's actually something we're raised with by our own fathers. Um, and six lessons for better communication. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, be someone who's hungry and going after information and growing as a man of God. Thank you, Pastor James, for the privilege of being with you. Amen. Brilliant. Great. Fantastic. We might get a, uh, I really would love just for our website and our Facebook, we get a picture. Tears, have you got your camera here? Okay, that's okay. How about you just all stand up? Could you guys just move over a little bit? That'd be great. Brilliant. Oh, you come and do it. Who's good with phones? Oh, Kate's got, here. Oh, good. Kate's got a phone. We can all get in it. Okay, here we go. Just look excited, men. <laughs> Hands up. Hey. Give her a wave. Give her a wave. That's it. Give her a wave, guys. Hey. <laughs> Hey! Righto. So we'll be on uh, looking at our Facebook page. Brilliant. So that's great. Hey, uh, great guys. I appreciate your time. It's great to come out. I just think that every time we, we do something like this, you just invest in your life and not only yourself, you invest in your marriage, you invest in your family. For those guys who aren't married yet, um, just take the information and receive it. It's for a later date, some of that. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be good. But... Um, Invest in your future, guys, and I think that this is a great time to do that. So uh, hopefully through the year, we'll just continue to have these type of things and just great input into our lives as men. Who thinks it's important? I think it's, well, ten of us. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Alan. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, have a nice, the evening is young. Uh, go home and relax. Spend some time talking to your wife. You'll say, what did you learn? <laughs> Talk to your kids. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Andrew will be ministering Sunday morning, Sunday night. Brilliant. Thank you.